I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> I'm Nolly Waterman. I'm Laura Jane Jones. And this, my friends, is the Try Hard Podcast. We're, uh, we're in record, my friend. My little uh, nearly birthday friend. I know. I'm going to see you for three days three nights this week and yet we're still on the phone recording a pod because there is just so much to chat about there is so much to talk about and where else would we start than the announcement that was made this week that the tryhards have got their own (laughs) live podcast not the saracens relegation but it's our we'll talk about that in a minute the live podcast is where the story is i know can you believe it I know. We've been entrusted to do a live event um, at Walkabout. And there's three pints of Guinness flowing. Um, yeah, it's going to be epic. Because we've got some guests as well. We have. And we've got so, all feminine. Just of, for you. Ofs. So big, fr- big thanks to our friends at We Love Sport and Guinness who um, are helping us put this on. It is at Bristol Walkabout on Friday evening. Tickets can be found on our Twitter page and in the link on our Instagram. And we have an unbelievable panel of guests who are going to help us preview the upcoming Women's Six Nations. We have got the doctor, doodler, Irish (laughs) rugby legend, Claire Malloy. Yeah, who may struggle to understand if she gets a bit excited, but... um... Yeah, she's going to have some good chat because it's her first Six Nations that she hasn't played in. I'm not quite sure in how many years because she has picked up a couple of injuries. But yeah, she stepped out of the Irish squad um, at the end of last season to have a bit of a break. She hasn't retired, um, but yeah, she'll be able to give us a really nice insight into the girls in green. And then we have got Prop Idol, uh, World Fifteen's <laughs> Player of the Year nominee, and most importantly former charge of Nolly Waterman, a former pupil of yours, Sarah <laughs> Byrne. Yeah, and um, she was actually also um, England's Players Player of the Year last year. Um, and I had the joy of presenting her with the awards. And uh, yeah, 
she's gonna be she's gonna be brilliant um she you know, something else about burner that i i think is super special is that um last year's six nations the sky sports team of the tournament was she was selected in that and i don't mean of the women's tournament they basically did a six nations team and and burner was in there which shows how well respected she is now yeah no she um she's basically got most of the accolades that you can have got a name on pretty much most of the teams and lists and she's about 10 years old and yeah. she even better she's an absolute wrecking ball she is a nasty piece of work on the rugby field but the sweetest yes. like girl off of it so that'll be awesome it'd be brilliant to have an insight from her um and uh, yeah i'm claiming all of her success so Obviously. brilliant uh, and then last but not least um we've got this person on because purely because absolute try hard (laughs) she is a huge fan of the podcast um someone who is always first download always drops a text with the bit that's made her laugh the most or moaned about the quality of yeah she always well mate she texts me and tells me that she loves it or (laughs) texts me to tell me that she doesn't like the whistle uh but referee sarah cox is coming on or as she is better well known on the podcast amanda cox because <laughs> that's what she was called in commentary during the uh women's series in the summer and it tickled me so much that i just can't let it go so she's coming on as well so it's a, a really really awesome panel i'm i'm really um excited fangirling fangirling <laughs> uh really excited so as we said tickets are two pounds they can be bought via the links on our social media cheaper than the pint of guinness that you actually get given when you walk in and and there will be prizes from us as well we're not going to yeah. tell you what but we're going to give a few things away through the evening um it's going to be so much fun and including we... something that i've not actually cleared with you but it's actually me that's going to be doing it oh god um, for every club that is represented there yeah um girls and boys every rugby club they're name will go into a hat and we will pick it out on the night and i will go down and do a coaching session at that club um and if you're available we'll also do a podcast so wow i feel um, a little bit left out that you're not going to get me to do a coaching (laughs) session like i could be doing a bit of skills fitness oh jesus christ to be fair i would pay you to do that just to make me laugh but yeah um so that's another competition that someone could get so basically um come down get involved (coughs) and uh have a giggle meet some legends of the game um and that's just you lj oh, sorry about that sorry about me <laughs> but anyway should we talk about all the other stuff because we've also got another live event which is sold out on wednesday it is i am very nervous about the uh the caliber of event that we've got on wednesday i'm not downplaying our live podcast but wednesday evening uh at tobacco dock in london is gonna be it's not, oh yeah no it's <laughs> yeah it is tobacco dock mate um, I might have told people that it was at um, Flatiron Square. I might have done that for most of the people that I got to come down. We got yeah, loads of I'm girls. also really now concerned because is that what you were talking about when you were like it's half inside, half outside? Yeah, when you're trying to when you're trying to tell, ask me six weeks ago about my outfit when I'm struggling to know what I'm even doing tomorrow. But anyway, um, yeah, we've got some turning forty. That's what you're doing tomorrow. Uh, We've got some fans of the pod coming down. Fleeto and Tom will be there. So basically Um, what you're saying is we've got two fans. Flats and Shacks have probably got 200. And Jim and Goody have probably got 5,000. Nora Boltrovite, favourite German. Um, I think Kate Alder. I think 
Crazy Nick. Um, we've got all sorts of people coming down. Um, which you is sound awesome. like you're listing um, Gavin's friends and Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> Arts because I know them, my mates that are coming down to support us. Oh, and uh, Sven and a couple of the HSBC crew as well. So, the big yeah. dogs, the big bankers. It's going to be some pretty cray cray evening. Um, I've got a dress that's kind of all the prep I've done so far, but I am very excited for it. Um, it's sold out, so I'm not sure whether we're going to be recording any of it, but there's loads going out on social media, so tune in um, to see what we get up to. Uh, so now that we've talked about all the happy, fun things in rugby this week, the real headlines, um, there's been a bit of negativity over the course of the weekend. We have learnt that Saracens will officially be relegated at the end of this season. Their points mental. deduction, it is absolutely insane. I'm not saying that in the sense that I am condoning what's been done. Obviously, they have been found guilty of cheating. Uh, They are not compliant with the salary cap and that is why they're going to be relegated. It's one of those things, if you look at the kind of the converse side of it, teams have been relegated in the past for going bankrupt or going into administration. We know the problems that London Walsh have had in recent seasons with that kind of thing. Um, So actually cheating the other way doesn't make it any better. Um, But it's interesting because I've seen a few things where people have talked about it being unprecedented and stuff. But actually you can talk from a kind of level of experience because when you're at Clifton you guys were relegated I'm not going to say for cheating but for kind of law breaking in a sense and um well, inability to field a team yeah I you know what I it was that long it was I think it was about 1943 so I yeah. can't quite remember why we were put down into Prem 2 but yeah um we were and a number of us stayed and it was actually before the rfuw as was changed the rule to say that you had to you had to be playing top tier you had to be playing in the premiership to be eligible to play international rugby Mm -hmm. for england um so it's before that so i played in a year um of prem two and mate it was so so boring like i sounds really bad and i don't want to I'm not disrespecting the players that play in that because that's their league and that's where they're at. And if they've got aspirations to play above, like, you know, but if they're, and, or if, and they've chosen to play in that league or if that's their, like, fantastic. But as a current international player in my, I think, early 20s, oh, it was, it was really, I, I found it really, really hard. Um, where did it put you in an international sense when you would then go into England camp for autumn international campaigns? or Five Six Nations, where did you kind of feel that... Were you off the pace? Yeah, no, I wasn't off the pace. It was more just... Obviously you I, weren't. This is you we're talking sorry. about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually had two working knees at that point. Yeah. And uh, it was before all of my injuries. Um, did no, you have I, claws for hands then? <laughs> I, they were still the size of a small child. But yes. they, they weren't quite as... Uh, Wow. Actually, to be fair, I actually injured my thumb when I was 16 in the academy. I dislocated it um, in England Academy game, and that was the start that I was 16. So it was a they've been a mess ever since I started, wow. basically. Anyway, um, I, I think the, <coughs> the hardest thing is the timing and the pressure and the speed of the game, that you're not playing week in, week out, that when you play Premiership... Well, that's what um, I mean. Because, it's pace and speed, isn't it? Yeah, I think that the um, the hardest thing, you know, for us, there was a, a massive jump anyway from Premiership to International. I think that gap is closing 
like year on year at yeah. the moment with the development of Tyrrells um, in England. Um, but you see the difference between club games and international in other countries in the women's game. And I think, you know, that gap is smaller in the men's game. Um, yeah. So actually playing in, um, in, Premiership games week in, week out, playing in Champions Cup, those types of things, you are actually getting close to yeah. what it's like to play international rugby, but not really. Um, and for people to, I'm going to be really intrigued to see which of those top flight players stay and play Championship because. Like I said, I found it really boring. It didn't challenge me. Um, yes, you can get challenged in training, but fundamentally, rugby players play rugby to play, and they play it to play at the top level. Um, there was some good chat from Sam Warburton um, when it was announced. I, I actually heard it from Ali Eakin um, in in the commentary box. Um, what game was it? it? Was the Exeter game? And he just announced it, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my god!" Like, so I went on Twitter, and there it was. Like, everyone was like going mad about it. But um, Sam Warburton was talking about the fact that 2021 is Alliance. Yeah. yeah, and if you've been playing championship rugby all year, and yeah, you might have played a, a like a kind of sprinkling of internationals, whether it's autumn or Six Nations, that's not going to hold you in good stead going in because it's not Especially just about... when you're going to South Africa to tour, which you know yeah. they're big, they're pretty big <laughs> yeah. down there, and it's and it and actually it isn't just about playing at the top like I played lots of years basically just playing international rugby now I've still played all right rugby but my, in terms of my, my robustness that came from playing high level rugby week in week out yeah. challenging my body physically um and and you know not many rugby players play fresh and people talk about being fresh but actually being fresh isn't to your advantage quite often right. because you're not battle hardened it's a really weird and then like someone other people like I put about a tweet out basically saying it's going to be really weird seeing certain players in other team shirts yeah do you know what I mean? Like, imagine seeing Owen Farrell in a different shirt, Jamie yeah, George will, in a different shirt. Will, you know, what will be interesting is whether players will sign short-term contracts, whether clubs will be willing to do that, or because of obviously the issue that for teams to come within the salary cap, they're not going to be able to sign these players as marquee. Whether the I, whether the IRFU, whether the RFU come to a point where they have to centrally contract players for a year so that they can keep them at the top flight so that they can keep them match fresh for autumn internationals six nations and the prospective lions tour for a lot of those players and whether, not abroad uh, yeah not whether they abroad. exactly because you know france you're talking playing 700 games in a season so and also <laughs> the top 14 doesn't finish in time for a lions tour so would you know do do we think we might see the likes of Farrell, Itoje, George being centrally contracted and then being farmed out where the RFU looks at the teams in the Premiership and says, well, you know, that side are in need of a, a 10 more than others. That side need a second row more than others and, and doing it that way. But how mad is that, though, for the club to open their doors to another player give them ev an insight into every part so if, if that, i don't like if players have only ever been at saris and then they get to the clubs yeah they're benefiting from a great player but they're opening up themselves to for somebody to see that all of the inner workings of that club from the structure each week how the players interact what the coaches are like the the game plans um what but they you know what it goes both ways because i actually wonder i've done a lot of work with saracens over the years when i worked at sky i was very lucky to do a number of features with players in 
that team and you know stuff within their environment they have a culture that is very unique and people can talk about oh well we do it this way at chiefs or at saints it's like this the culture that has existed at saracen since before they started to really enjoy european success when they were just getting to knockout stage matches before they were converting that into silverware has been very unique and i'm not just talking about paying for players to go on crazy holidays as a squad i'm talking about this wolf pack mentality and the way they operate and actually if you go yeah, mate, down you there can... it's a very spit and sawdust kind of environment it isn't it doesn't have the trappings of the money that we know that saracens have so it will be interesting to see how players especially the likes of owen farrell and maro toje and billy vanapola who have spent their entire careers there yeah, but May, I, you know, it it does make me laugh because people talk about culture and that type of thing. And fundamentally, um, so I was over in a really weird trip. I went to Kingspan. I went to go meet um, John Cooney and Billy Burns, like wicked pair. Lovely Had a good boys. chat with them. Oh my god! The last time I was in that stadium was when we won. A world, we lost the World Cup final. I love the and fact I'm, that you nearly said one, and it just shows that the reason that you muddled that up is because you didn't play in the final because your brains were turning to custard in your head because you'd been knocked out in the semi. So, yeah, I was in the, and I looked at the place where I was stood um, watching a World Cup final, losing it, mad. Anyway, that's a whole different podcast. But um, so I was talking to them about like the atmosphere at the weekend, yeah. this weekend, and the fact that, that it was going to be a full stadium. And they were basically like, we take it on ourselves to make sure that we're winning because that brings an excitement to the stadium, that brings an excitement to the fans, it brings like energy to the players. Well, Saracens have been able to build a culture of, you know, look at the All Blacks. There's no secret behind the fact that you know their culture is amazing yeah but but their culture is like it's it's easy to develop an amazing culture when you win yeah and you win a lot because players buy into that and then it becomes yeah, but you like know what you say that winning way that the cult i am a, a great believer i'm not a, i'm not a saracens fan by any stretch don't get me wrong but having been having worked in european rugby for a very long time now and worked on this competition right, i i remember when <laughs> you know one of the kind of if i look at um the past 10 years of of the heineken and then champions cup and think of the images that stick in my mind one of the the things that is so burnt on my memory is the toulon saracens uh semi-final i'm gonna say it was at twickenham and johnny wilkinson lightly tapping owen farrell on the cheek kind of a better luck next time kid and actually saracen's journey to winning silverware there there were a lot of false starts there but the culture that they have had through winning existed then and that i do think has been a massive foundation and more so more than culture it's actually identity and when you talk about Ulster and you talk about the players saying that you know it, it's all about performance for us because it gets the crowd going let's be honest Saracens aren't a crowd a, a team that are dependent on a crowd because they were homeless for a good two seasons after Vicarage Road whilst they waited for Allianz to be sorted and actually Allianz isn't always the most dynamic place for fans so it's interesting to hear actually um ben k and ugo um in the commentary box talking about how the atmosphere today was probably the loudest they've ever heard it yeah. i mean i think i think my point is like you know 
you get a buzz from the crowd, you, you build a, an affinity with success in terms of what that looks like. And mate, I've played in plenty of teams that have actually been successful and had a terrible culture. Yeah. Um, and I've also played in teams that have not been anywhere close to being good, but yet we've had an amazing culture and we've yeah. eked out wins every now and again, and it's been brilliant. So it's a culture is a fascinating thing in rugby that um, I personally believe it comes down to the senior management, your DOR, understanding the people before the player. And I've experienced that firsthand in particular. I've spoken a lot about with it with Giselle um, and you know, I've experienced it on the other side with other coaches uh, where they've just put the play, they've just talked about the player, that's all they care about. Mm. And they've not actually understood anything that allows a person to be themselves and to enjoy themselves. So anyway, I think it's mad news. And um, before we move on from lots, it. Lots and lots of chat. I'm just baffled. The, the biggest thing I am baffled by is when people say, oh, well, they can just miss internationals and then... <laughs> Um, and then come back to club and I'm like it's not you don't just pick and choose when you want to become an in, when you're an international yeah. like you play your club rugby week in week out to have the honour um, and opportunity to wear your wear the white shirt yeah. and I, I just find it mad when people yeah it's amazing that they're super fans and they they like live and breathe the club colours that that you know their team wears but like surely they've got to understand that internationals is the pinnacle of it all Anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. I was going to ask you: Have you seen the um, the Alex Sanderson clip that just has not aged well from earlier in the season after they beat, I want to say Leicester, and he quotes Taylor Swift. Oh wow! Yeah, it's one of those things where uh, my mum's got this big thing when we have like family arguments. Least said, soonest mended. It's going to be a few quotes that come back to bite people on the bum over the next week or so. So. <laughs> um so tell me more you went to belfast to interview another former pupil of yours um billy Uh, burns yeah not not really but yeah we were at heartbeat at the same time and he was so sweet let's just add that because you're about 25 years older than him yeah it was so nice to see him and he was like oh my god i don't think i've seen you since college he was like who'd have thought me walking around heartbeat i'd end up like doing all right now (laughs) well ended up ending up part of an irish squad for six nations i know i know and you know what i'm genuinely <laughs> chuffed for him and super proud and it's so nice when you've known a player from you know 15 16 years old yeah. know what they put in um to see them like build and grow through you know pretty tough times at you know different points in their yeah. career and then the success and um yeah he um we did have an idea might have come from someone <laughs> i know um about being a doing mr mr that was funny um so yeah i did that and i also got to interview now newly crowned britain's strongest man adam bishop oh my god Such you were all a- over him i've seen that i've seen the instagram mate like you he picked me up and i honestly squealed like a little child because he heart i was like this is really high and he squeezed my legs so much i thought i thought he might rip my knee off like i don't think he realizes how delicate i am i'm quite fragile what did you um did you chat atlas stones with him that's my favorite with strongest man uh, discipline yeah we talked about atlas stones talked about the fact oh how many calories he told me that he went and had a um uh oh what's it called the his Oh. Spit it out, mate! Come on. 
It's in your mind. Have metabolism place. tested. Right. And if he laid still, like didn't move, just stayed there, or didn't eat or drink all day, it was like, I think it was something ridiculous. Like he'd burn off 1,800 or 2,000 calories wow. because he's got so much muscle mass. And I was like looking at him thinking, pretty much, I'm pretty sure that women are, are recommended 2,000 to 2,500 calories of food a day. And oh, he just know, I've been reading a lot him. about calorie deficit this week because I've fallen in love with that James Smith PT on Instagram. Um, oh, so I've been God. reading. I mean, I haven't been actively engaging in any kind of calorie deficit. You, have you have you slipped into his DMs? Have you no, tried to, I feel like I still I still feel very like <laughs> fluey, and I feel like my face looks like a balloon. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna work up to it. I might have like a couple of sunbeds next week. I'm not gonna send a nude or anything. Come on, but. Um, I've got to think of like a good oh, angle God. for it, but do you know what? Fleeto's coming on Wednesday, and he follows her, so maybe they're they're pals. <laughs> Have a photo with him and tag him in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the interviews were for the big tackle, so featured on uh, Channel Four on Saturday morning. Big Jim, my dad got on the phone and was like, "That was okay." I was like, oh, "Okay, oh, is that yeah." Cool? <laughs> I mean, from big that is that is high praise. Proud of you. <laughs> So Quite you actually were... Oh, my God. My brother, Sam, is such a nose. He texted me. That's not new and was news. Like, no, but he texted... So Adam Bishop was like, I bent... I... What did he say? I... He deadlifts 440 kilos. Same, yeah. Um, And Carl Sinclair bent, deadlifts 270. So it's like a bit of a difference. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm 60 kilos and that's like eight also kind of of me my brother texts me saying no it's 7.33 oh my god i was lit <laughs> all right rain man do you know what i'm gonna tell you something now we're talking about he also told me that i pull he also told me that i pull um that i pull really stupid faces and i need to calm down <laughs> i mean you do again that's not new news uh talking about world's strongest man so when i was a kid um my dad was a prison officer and he was um was he? yeah he was one of the leading control and restraint people in the UK, himself and Gary Taylor, who was World's Strongest Man at the time. So we're talking early 90s. Um, they were at the Strange Ways riots together. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm meant to talk about that. But one of my earliest memories in life is going to see Gary... I want to say pulling a jumbo jet, but upon reflection, it can't have been a jumbo jet. But he was pulling like a plane or something. And that is one of my wow. like, earliest. So I can't have been more than three years old, but that is one of those things that it doesn't have I mean, a huge context in my brain. But yeah, you can imagine being three years old and being so confused by somebody doing that. But yeah, NJJ was actually really into the uh, the bodybuilding back in the day. I'll have to dig some photos out for you. Oh, nice. You'll have to see. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, anyway, there was an actual link for us going to meet Adam Bishop, apart from it being Britain's strongest Yeah, I'm confused as to why you met him. Um, So I was commentating on the weekend, as you know, with Quinn's V. Come on, mate. Clement. Yes, (laughs) yes. This epitomises my week. Um, I've had such a busy week. Um, So busy. Yeah, so... Oh, I'm so busy. Um, so I we went over to meet him because he's the senior strength and conditioning coach at Quinn's. Had a is chat he? with yes, oh, he wow. is. So he's full time strength and conditioning coach, and then he does this on the as part time. Um, well, like alongside, I was like, yeah. oh, I know how to do an elite sport alongside full time job. Um, <laughs> Don't yeah, we know it? Don't we hear about it? Anyway. Enough? <laughs> um, yeah. So commentary was was really good laugh i was with miles and jamie um how do you I was gonna talk a little bit well i was going to talk a little bit about it but we shall i talk about it yeah I, i'm actually quite because weirdly enough because it's probably something that i take for granted because i've i work in this industry but i've never really asked you how you prepare for a match commentary um so i watch lots of rugby um i think the biggest thing with commentary is that so i'm a co-commentator as yeah. you know um miles or, harrison is sometimes we call it color in the color. industry yeah yeah I, I like to call it the co-com co um <laughs> but yeah so miles harrison is the lead and he will have all of the like proper stato notes on all the players all the get like both the History teams of it, everything like yeah. that like everything however for me, because I've not been like a massive super fan of the Champions Cup like oneself, um, <laughs> but um, and also just not watched loads and loads and loads and loads of men's rugby over the years because obviously I've watched loads and loads of women's rugby yeah. because they're the people I'm playing. Um, for me, I watch a lot of games to try and build um, not only my opinion on different players and their styles and what I think about them, how teams play, um, but also just get a really nice insight from the other commentators to learn about how they come in and out. So I watch rugby for different reasons, um, but I'll watch before um, I commentate on a team, I'll probably watch their previous two games um, just so you can build up their form. I think the challenging thing when you go into Champions Cup or around... um, premiership games or six nations games whatever it is the context of that game so try and watch the games that are relevant um and then in the week building up normally speak to the producer and they will let me know what i'm doing alongside commentary if i'm doing any envision stuff because that's obviously a different type of chat and i've also got Got to brush brush my hair hair. yeah (laughs) um yeah on saturday (laughs) i just did commentary so we'll meet in the truck um, early we get some food chat through the program um, and also one of the biggest things for me is um, pronunciation because especially with Clement um, a lot of the names were are pretty mad um, so I Abandoning will sit down like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fisher um, I um, 
So I sat down with Miles to go through how he pronounces them because he is literally Yoda. Yeah. Um, but he, but also, as a co-commentator, you want to be saying exactly the same as them. So yeah. I then write down all of their names phonetically, which is pretty crazy. If you anyone actually looked at them, they wouldn't have a clue yeah. who it actually was, probably. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much how I would prepare. Um, we also get through sent through stats, which is just crazy crazy the amount of information on players on teams but the players will be like their playing history um what's been happening recently um their tries their height their weight their um yeah which are never accurate let's be honest the height and weight that the clubs announce are never (laughs) the actual height and weight. the amount of players who claim to be six foot i mean the amount of men in general who claim to be six foot (laughs) but in rugby that is a rugby is worse than tinder for that Men claiming to be six foot. You are 5'10". At a push. With At a push, on, yeah. On concrete. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much about it. And then I was alongside Jamie Heaslip and uh, as the co- another com- co-commentator, there's three of us. Um, and then for me, before any game, I always like to try and go up a little bit early, settle myself in, get all the volume make sure that that's all sorted i can hear the director moan that the media me. room smells like curry which is what you were texting yeah. me on saturday <laughs> i'm um, the only woman in here and it stinks of curry that's okay then <laughs> i didn't say that did i yeah you did i think i was a bit hungry yeah yeah um, i could i could sense that there was some sort of <laughs> she hasn't had a snack in 25 minutes is she going on um so yeah that's it is that kind of what you wanted to know yeah not, it's, but anyway. it's interesting to see how you approach it so um, you just miss the media the, now yeah and then one of the other things that's really super important and it's a bit it's actually really really cringe is um yes you are is watching it back so i haven't watched the game back because i had a day off of rugby today um but i, I will always oh look i'm yeah we'll, we'll, we'll hear about that in a minute um now in a minute um, now in a minute yeah i'll um watch it back and that's a like really good feedback for me on not just actually what I say but what I watch the game and see what I missed and if I could have said something else or if I spotted something that actually was pretty good and then the other thing with commentary isn't just about what I'm seeing on the field it's what um is being shown through the screens so we've got screens and and you have to try and time it so that it makes sense you're not just completely waffling and that's one of the hardest things I've found is making sure that mate that's just something you struggle with in life in general so (laughs) the fact that you're you're getting your commentary right with that is a is a blessing you know what though it's been brilliant to work with channel four and the more I've done it the more confident I'm getting because it's like anything coaching whatever it might be um yeah but before you talk about your day today because actually it's been pretty fun um i just want to give a little shout out to um, middlesex ladies rugby because they had their first trial on um on friday night and they had i was there helping coach i'm doing a little bit of kind of moonlighting with the coaching because i can't commit to all of it but the season i can't believe so they're running two trials because there's so many players 180 players signed up for middlesex that's amazing I, my, my mind was blown. We didn't have, uh, we didn't have 90. We had, I think, nearly just over 70 there because um, people turned up, um, that like called in sick or whatever. Yeah. But how good is that? That is superb. Yeah. Anyway, superb. Um, <laughs> anyway, how has your day been? I have been very busy. It's Sunday. Whinging about the fact you've been had to get up early. Had to get up early. Um, 
and put makeup on. Uh, um, so I today have been so the past week I've spent preparing um, stuff for the Scrum Five Six Nations preview show, which goes out next Sunday, so a week today. She's twenty six. The twenty sixth. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. Have a day off. Have a day. You off. did say you did say twenty seven. Yeah, I'm not, go- I'm not going. I'm not going to. I said twenty six. I said 26th, then I said on Friday night we've got the 24th, so you said, yeah, I'm not doing it on the 24th. And I was yeah, like, yeah, I didn't but, know what you were on about. You didn't say on, you just put 24th, and I was like, what are you on about? Also, I it, it, it really confused me that if I, I know that tomorrow is the 20th, because it's your birthday, I just thought if I add 7 to that, because Sunday, but no. <laughs> it would take you to Monday. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I know that now, don't I? So basically, I've been on Six Nations Prep this week for Scrum 5. On Tuesday, I went to watch the House of Rugby podcast being recorded with James How Hester. was that? Um, do you know what? I actually oh, feel really sorry for them because when I think about the kind of resources and glamour, like obviously last week we recorded it sat in your car, uh, which smelt of wet dog. And like, <laughs> I got down there and... I didn't. They had kind of three cameras filming it. They had a fridge full of drinks. Um, Hask had some sushi ordered in for him. You know, I, they're they're roughing it, essentially. They're really roughing it. But, you know, I wish them luck. They're, they're only getting kind of 300,000 listeners a week or, you know, something <laughs> like that. So Someone as posh as Alex Payne is not going to go somewhere that is... He's not going to do a pod in a car, is he? Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, it was... It was really, really fun to watch. Um, the boys were brilliant. Um, Mike Friday was on there and was so, so insightful talking about um, what he's learned about American sport and the NFL since he's been coaching the USA. Um, Hask talked about his daydream of what if it had been him in 03 taking the drop goal and how different his life would be. So, yeah, it was really, really funny. And then I interviewed Haskell afterwards. So that will be on the show next Sunday. And then today I've been... Did he have a good chat? Yeah, he was really good. He, But he's always been a good talker. And um, I actually... He's was, massive, isn't he? He is massive. But he's doing this Bellator thing, isn't he? Which is like second division UFC. Um, it's like the BDO to the PDC. And he... To the ABC. Yeah, you didn't know what BDO or PDC was then. I've, I've realised no. that. Uh, it's no, darts. I have no idea. It's darts. Um, so yeah, he's. Oh, someone, a woman's just qualified onto the professional POC, POD, PDC. So PQYSTUV. Did you oh. know that in Italian they don't have W's in their um, in their alphabet, and that's why Simone struggles with yellow and pillow. He says yellow and pillow. Mate, there are loads of things that we don't have in the Welsh alphabet. They also don't have J. No, in the Welsh alphabet, you have seven vowels, and W's are pronoun- a, vowel. a, a vowel, and that's why your words look weird because there's no vowels to ooh. us, but they ooh, are. Ooh. Anyway, um, so yeah, so um, I've completely <laughs> you lost will be my able train to get of thought. To, you will be able to get to speak about yeah. Today. Thanks, mate. So today, um, the kind of thing I've been looking forward to all week I don't care. is I went into. Um, the Welsh camp. So the Welsh girls played the Irish girls today in a pre-tournament hit out. It's something they've done for the past few years. Yeah, so it was um, rugby. Rugby. Um, do you know what the do big they play thing? Indoors or outdoors? Outdoors, mate. Outdoors. Is the veil, the veil isn't a full pitch, is it? No, it's not. Cause it's not very high. What are you on about? Five side as well. <laughs> mate, there's like four full pitches at the veil. 
No, the indoor space. In the barn, no. It, no. The, it's almost a square. It's really wide and not very long. So, no, they didn't play inside. They did some uh, walkthrough stuff in there. Um, but I chatted to Shuan Lily Crap, who um, is a Swansea University legend and now captain of the Wales women. So it was great to catch up with Shuey, somebody who is so passionate about um, Welsh women's rugby, rugby in general. Um, was, it, was it something that they like fed through the university radio stations whilst you were in like study or something? Because like in terms study. of being ultra... Study. Well, Mate, I got a 2-2 and I didn't take a, a library book out for the entirety of my degree. Well, I, I feel like there was like some kind of some something going on there in terms of feminism and women's rugby because you've clearly picked up on it. And if she's like a big fan, well, you know, something going on there. Maybe it's just the way that the world is moving and you need to catch up. Do you ever think of that? All right, cool. So is it going to be a good piece? Should I bother watching it? Uh, yeah, I think you should. Do you know what? For me as well, it was a kind of... Um, it was really interesting for me to see that there's been a massive culture shift in that side. They had a really good autumn. They won the five games that they played. Um, it's the first time they've done that ever, I think, uh, whitewashed in autumn. But there ha- there is a oh, very... going to be really mean then. Well, don't Actually, be. Have a little bit of respect no, for other people. Yeah, mate. no, I won't. I won't. <laughs> just told you i was going to be but well that we all we all know that you're going to be mean so now we all think you're mean so <laughs> you're going to have to live with that uh but obviously there, there are changes there so uh roland phillips is not coaching them for this six nations uh we don't really know why where or what's going on there um but chris horseman is in yeah, charge did, any, did anyone talk about that is um, it like the it's a, it's a real elephant in, in the room the, i was gonna say the giant sheep in the room but do you know what? It's it's not even like the elephant in the room. It's the elephant that's not in the room because we don't know why he's not there or if he's coming back. We just know that he's not there. But talking to Chris was really... Um, he kind of... The way that he said it to me is what he said to the girls is this is his first time coaching a senior Six Nations side. And he said the big things for him have been learning how women's sport works. And not just him coming in and applying a model that he has applied to um, performance and the 20s and the 19s and 18s in Wales that he's previously been involved in, but learning as much from women's rugby as he wants to teach them, which I thought was a very progressive outlook from him. But it's really noticeable that the culture has changed there. It feels... Um, and I don't want to disrespect the girls previously or anything like that, but there feels like there is a much higher level of professionalism within the camp. It feels like things are being taken far more seriously and it feels like standards are being driven to be higher. Um, I chatted That's to, awesome. It is. And do you know what? I think it's a long, it's been a long time coming for, for the Welsh women and I think that there is a tremendous amount of buy-in. Again, we're talking about culture like we started the pod with, but there's a tremendous amount of buy-in. And it looks like, from the outside looking in, the way that that squad has been selected is if you don't buy in, if you don't um, get on board, you get out and you're not going to be part of this squad. And actually, maybe that's what they need. So, um, You yeah, know, I, I, think, I, I think I've said it before on the podcast, I've always been really surprised at how um 
I mean, obviously in the autumn they won the games, but I've always been shocked at how well some of the Welsh players play in the Premiership and then they go back and they're not performing anywhere. You're not seeing their talent. Yeah. You're not seeing what they bring to the English Premiership in an inter- in an international shirt, which is crazy. Um, so, you know, in my opinion, when she's been fit, um, Kira uh, Bevan is probably the standout nine in the Tills Premiership when she's been on when she's been fully fit yeah. um, and she'll add a massive amount um, to that team um, if she's allowed if the game is allowed like do you know what I mean it just yeah. seems really bizarre it's like they're not it's like in previous years no one's ever watched them play their club rugby <coughs> because they've been over in England and yeah. thought you know what these players are bringing this to these teams let's take a little bit back take a little bit back of it into I've said that the wrong way around, but back into Wales games. Yeah. Um, so I, that, that's you really know what? Good. There are looms for them outside of the Tyrrells Premiership as well. In that, um, obviously, Jazz Joyce and Alicia Butchers went over to Australia last year for three months to play in the um, Sevens kind of University League over there. They were based in Adelaide, and I tell you what, watching the girls today, Alicia Butchers looked sharp. She looked real Did good. She? Yeah, and. What I position just, is she? Is she in the back row still? Because she's so small. Yeah, well, like, it, do you know what? She, it, it's difficult because obviously when they come up against England, that's when there's going to be a kind of size issue. But she's very... She reminds me a little bit of um, of James Davis, Cubby, who obviously he has the issue with size and that's what's talked about a lot. But he gets the job done. And, oh, you get you get away with it in different areas. Exactly. If you bring something else. But do you know what? That's something else that, to her. Chris Horseman talked today about how something that he's noticed in the women's game is the adaptability of players to be able to move position and play multiple positions. Something that um, at the most elite level of men's rugby is just something that doesn't happen. Um, And that's something that he's taken as a real learning, but also something that he's going to try and use to his advantage within the tournament. So, you know, they've got... this space. Yeah, they had a, a couple of players who I won't name just out of fairness to the union, but who were involved today, who have previously represented Wales, perhaps not making the cut in their previous positions, but are being tried elsewhere. Um, so I think nice. it's, it's really interesting to see that they're not going to turn their back on talent. So that piece will be on next Sunday's Scrum 5 Six Nations preview show. Nice. And actually, I think in general, it's so positive to hear that... Um that Wales are on the app because everyone always talks about, you know, I, I've spoken about positively about Ireland, not recently, but, you know, or Wales or Scotland, whoever it is, saying, like, it's, I want them to do well, I want yeah. to. And they, and this is, well, that's mad that you're English. But I don't want a two-horse race mm. in the Six Nations Championships. We talked about it last week in terms of France being the World Cup, for, like, basically the final before the four stages. Um, and... I don't want that to be the case. I no. remember playing early in my early years in Six Nations games, and we used to go toe to toe with Wales. Like, <laughs> you know, and they had the likes of Claire Flowers, Jamie Kiff, Non Evans, um, Tails. Yeah, Rachel Taylor, um, Naomi. Oh, surname for oh, unbelievable pass. Um, so, but anyway, we will be talking loads about Six Nations um, preview at the live um, event. We don't want to talk too much about no. it. So get your tickets, friends. Two pounds. Um, Links on social media. Right. We're going to have to wrap this up because we've gone to nearly 45 minutes and we've been trying to keep these briefer. Before we finish, 
a little warm-up for match point which uh if you listen out in the next couple of weeks we will have more information on i want some predictions from you danielle sean waterman we have got the four european cup quarterfinals the champions cup i'm going to read them out to you and i want you to tell me who wins so the first one uh so the first top seed versus eighth seed is leinster versus saracens leinster oh really yeah okay yeah uh up next is claremont the european bridesmaids uh versus racing 92 the galacticos and that is in stade marcel michelin um racing really um, yeah racing 92 um i think claremont are magical in defense uh, in attack but they're they are not magical in defense they are woeful and i don't think that um they haven't been playing that well this season i think that they get away with games because i think they're scoring on average over four tries a game but they let in a lot as well yeah. um, and far too easily so yeah they've only just beat basically all right, mate, you're nosing off now. I, I just want an answer. <laughs> All right, the third quarterfinal is uh, Toulouse versus Ulster. Obviously, Ulster have a little piece of your heart now after your trip there. I know. But friend of the pod, husband, uh, Peter, it's, is yeah. over at Toulouse. So we love the Arky. So where are you going, Toulouse or Ulster? Uh, you got to go for Toulouse in that, unfortunately. Shame for Ulster, really, because they've done all right. But, yeah, Toulouse. And then last but not least, it's an all-English affair and it's Exeter versus Northampton Saints. Um, Exeter, I think. Um, Northampton have been playing well. They've kind of gone down a little bit um, in terms of some of their games. Jesus, they were woeful against Benetton last yeah. week. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go Exeter and they're going to be the only ones flying the English flag. So I really hope they um, continue and uh, continue on their form. And um, Who would you like to see win the tournament? Um, the thing is for me, I don't, I'd love Exeter to, to be in the final as an English girl and right. a Southwest girl, um, just because it's like they've been on such a high in terms of what they've been achieving in their journey yeah. um, but I don't have the history like you do on the Champions Cup so it's not like I'd love a certain team to win because I know everything about them. But I do don't. you know what for me I want either Exeter or Racing to win and that it doesn't come from a, a place of because they haven't won it like before and stuff like that I would love to see either Stuart Hogg or Finn Russell as a European Cup winner because yeah. They are Good two show. of the most talented rugby players of this generation. They are both two of the nicest guys you will meet and they're never going to win silverware for Scotland. So it just would be really although, nice. Although um, Stuart Hogg was in a scoring position probably three or four times on the weekend and no one passing the ball. It was probably one of the funniest things ever. He got racism. because yeah. he's Scottish. <laughs> racism. All right, so that's European quarterfinals that aren't for ages yet. But also taking a break is the Tyrells. Premier 15s. <laughs> oh, I wish I could have a break from you. Tyrells. Um, yeah, so they have a complete break over Six Nations. But this year, actually, they've obviously been listening to feedback because there's six games after the break, which is, I think last year was one or yeah. two maybe, which was just horrendous. Imagine waiting for like six, about seven or eight weeks and then playing a game, like one game, and then that's your season done. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, six games afterwards. Top four, I'm pretty sure, are in Saris, Quinns, 
uh, Loughborough, Gloucester, Hartbury, um, Waspies um, are sitting fifth. They had a good win at the weekend actually against Bristol, which yeah. um, surprised me because um, Bristol have been going strong. But having spoken to Kimmy, um, and I'm sure we can have a catch up with her on Friday night. Um, yeah, she's just trying to embed some stuff with some young players, and it is coming together. And they've got Amber Reed back, um, which is a big, big. Um, big thing for their team so, so is, yeah, the, we'll is the top four lockdown um so wasps to get into that top four i think bristol are probably out of the running now i think it's a bit too much to ask um, but i'm not quite sure <laughs> they're in six um but for wasps to get into the top four they have to beat um one of loughborough quinns or sarries and that's not something that we've done um over the last few years no. um we did beat sarries at home Two seasons ago, five 0 It was a thriller. I scored mm-hmm. a try. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it is going to be a bit of a big ask. But then you never know what's going to happen over Six Nations and if teams lose players because yeah. of injuries or whatever, and and or how teams respond to the break. Um, the good thing with Wasps is we don't actually lose a lot of players. Yeah. Um, and actually, a shout out talking about players for Wasps. Shout out to Harriet Miller Mills who played her first eighty minutes of rugby in twenty two months um, oh, yesterday. Yes. So. Yeah, but um, I think we should leave. That girl um, deserves a nice vegan dessert. (laughs) I think we should leave the pod on that positive note. And um, I'll get to see you in a few days. I will see you the day after tomorrow. Um, Looking forward to celebrating your 40th. Um, (laughs) Do you know what, though? Um, You probably do know this. So Obviously, it's your birthday tomorrow and it's Flats' birthday on Tuesday. And it's my dad's on Tuesday and my mum's on Wednesday. I know, but we won't be seeing them on Wednesday. No, it's just you and Flats that I'll see. So <laughs> um, maybe we'll get a birthday cake for the uh, the event at Tobacco Dock. If you're coming down to that, um, please cheer for the tryhards. And if you haven't got your tickets for next Friday at Walkabout in Bristol, we've said it before, we'll say it again. The links are on our social media. It's £2 a ticket and you get free pint of Guinness. And an evening with us. What more could you want, Nolly? Not very much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.